Hello everyone, this is your girl Michelle with the Girls Talk Real Talk podcast. Today on our show, we have Katrina Simmons. She is the owner and lead business development consultant. Simply put, she is the powerhouse and the brains behind the Gifted Minds Agency. Tune in as she discusses her life, business, family, self-care, legacy plans, and the challenges she has faced and overcame as a successful business owner. Katrina, I want you to introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, everybody. My name is Katrina Simmons, and my company is called Gifted Minds. Um, what I am is a business development consultant and a startup strategist. So I help people who are in the beginning phases of their company from the legal formation portion all the way to implementation and development of their already open business and help them expand, put in systems, and make sure they have the proper contracts and legal documentation with their company as well. One of the things that I think is very important that people understand that we have to start our businesses with a sound foundation. And you um, doing the systems, what type of systems do you actually teach your clients how to use and manipulate while they're doing business? Usually I start off with the basic intake process. So I make sure they have everything from their initial intake forms for their clients, as well as doing any type of disclaimers, releases, all of that information. So that becomes systematized so that they can crank it out quickly and efficiently to prospects and new clients, all the way through to employee evaluations, employee questionnaires, checklists, applications. Um, I do contracts as far as non-compete agreements as well. And then um, we move forward to see about doing any type of inventory systemization. If they don't currently have a system for their inventory, I will come in, do an audit to see where they have money leaks okay. and see how to fill those. Okay, that's interesting. Um, in some of the things that you are doing in your particular business, what are some of the challenges that you face when you're working with clients, whether it's a client that has a new startup or one that's already been in existing business? Oh, I think the biggest one usually is people don't know what they need. <laughs> they never know exactly what it is they need. They need me to tell them what they need. So that's the biggest one. A lot of people are confused. And some people have been in business for many years but they have become kind of stagnant in their growth because they don't know exactly where to go, what to do, or even how to do it. Um, a lot of people have great ideas, but they also don't know what to do with those ideas. They don't know how to implement a business or even get it registered with Secretary of State. So I take that time to really hone in on what their passion and purpose is because that's what Gifted Minds is about helping you figure out what your purpose is and developing it into a process. So we hone in on why you're doing this in the first place. What is it you're doing? Let's get to the name of the business, Gifted Minds. Where did that come from? <laughs> I, that that caught me. I was very, very intrigued by the name. Where did you come up with that name? The craziest thing is the whole concept of Gifted Minds, I have to say, came from God. It all came from God because I had no business background. Okay. when I started this company and it was literally um, at one of the darkest times in life that God heard this within me sitting at my kitchen table. It okay. was like a bell went off and told me this is what you need to be doing. 
and I was driving. I was doing taxes at that time. Um, and I remember I was driving early one morning to go to the place to do the taxes. And it was like, bling, your company's going to be called Gifted Minds. And this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to be serving. And this is how you're going to be helping. I literally had to speak it into my phone. Because my saying was always great minds think alike. Mm -hmm. But God took that and turned it into gifted minds. And he wanted me to be able to speak life through. That's where it came from. Do you focus your business towards women or is it equal between women and men? Um, when I first started it, I was trying to do both sectors. I was trying to do both men and women. But as I've pursued it more and expanded my services, it has leaned more towards the female entrepreneur. Okay. Just because a lot of women need that guidance as far as what their passion and purpose is in life to move forward on it, to actually make it for them. A lot of women, we have ideas. We have lots of great ideas. We're usually the vision behind most of these mega companies. Right. Um, but we never get to show our face and to actually move forward with those dreams because we either don't have the knowledge or the capital. So I feel like now Gifted Minds is pushing more towards women. Um, I, have, I host an event every fall called Power, Purpose, and PJs that is geared towards women. It's a marketing type of event that you come to network. But you come in your PJs. Okay. But it's also a girl time sisterhood that women of uh, other entrepreneurs that are looking to get into the business as well can come and you can brainstorm and fellowship really with women in the same areas that you're trying to move into mm -hmm. and build from there and really build relationships and sisterhood. So how long has um, Gifted Minds been in business? I started Gifted Minds in 2000 and I think it was about six years, rolling up on seven years or so. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> so when you first started this journey, when you first began your journey to business ownership, did you ever think that you were going to get where you are now? No. <laughs> Not at all. Now, why do you say it like that? If you had told me two years ago that I would now be retired from corporate America and be working full time on my own, I would have looked at you like you were insane. <laughs> that I would have left my good paying career that I had worked so hard for to go fully work on my own. I would have been like, you're crazy. That's not never going to happen. This is where I'm supposed to be. I knew I had a game plan, I had a vision, I had a path that this is what I was going to be. I was going to be attorney and I was going to practice law for the rest of my life and down the Supreme Court. Um, but when God tells you it's time to move, you move. And how challenging was that for you when he spoke to oh. you and said it's time to move? Did, I must be real honest, did you immediately <laughs> make that leap and take that jump or did he take some time with you? He took some time with me because he first put it in my spirit probably about three years ago, total. Put it in my spirit that, okay, by the age of 40, I'll be ready. And then the next year he moved it up to maybe, oh, by 36 or 37, 38, I'll be ready. Until last year, 
I was um, sitting there and God started talking to me in January. But I was terrified. Terrified. I was like, I don't have enough money saved. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I have children. You know, I can't do this. I got to pay insurance. I have to pay for all these things. Um, but when you finally listen to him as he's telling you this is what you need to do and you feel it in your spirit and the moment you say yes is when everything lines up because he circled me with people that were doing all the things I wanted to do from the moment I said okay I'm ready it was that crowd of protection I have a wonderful network of people surrounding me I have a fantastic business partner and accountability partner who keeps me level-headed and focused and has helped me every step of the way to get to where I am. And without him, I wouldn't be this far. So <laughs> takes a village seriously, but God will put you around my village. Okay. So I, I think that it's important that we stop here and, and I want to switch gears a little bit. Okay. I want to go personal. Okay. I want people to see you because a lot of times when people see business women, they have this this idea of this angry black woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't want people to get so caught up on the fact that we're African American women that are in business. I want them to see you as an individual. So tell us something about you, Katrina, not the roles you play. Not the things that you do, but you as an individual. Me as an individual. Um, Katrina, as just being authentically me, is super silly, <laughs> super goofy, and definitely just free-spirited. So I want to explore life and have fun. I'm all about enjoying the great things that the world has to offer. So I love to travel okay. and I love to have new experiences. I love to go bowling or go watch movies or play with my kids, you know, just small things. Like those are just um, things that bring me pure joy to so have girl time with my girls um, because those things are essential. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me that all of those pieces make me who I am. So are you instilling in your children the importance of business ownership and entrepreneurism? I am. And this, the nicest thing I can say is my daughter. <laughs> Love her to death. <laughs> she is a spitfire. But yes, my daughter, she is 12. And I always say she is going to be the CEO boss of some Fortune 500 company because she is a natural leader. She inspires me. Okay. But she told me the other night um, after she left her PLD um, program, Precious Mets, that she was going, that they had to write down their female heroes in history, uh, African-American heroes. And she said, I put my mom because she's an entrepreneur and she makes me want to be a business owner too. I was like, oh, I guess I'm doing something right. <laughs> um, what do you consider a self-care moment for you? Oh, definitely going to get my massage once a month. <laughs> 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 that is top priority. That is my self-care. I make sure I go get my massage once a month. That is my zen to make sure that I'm taking care of me. 
and meditation. I try my best to stay on top of meditating and to align myself and make sure I'm listening to my higher self, listening to that vibration. Those are the things I try to make sure I take time. It can't always be all the time. You're right. It can't. So what what made you realize the meditation was essential in your life? Um, I actually didn't even know anything about meditation until I learned it, I guess it was two years ago. And um, I was taken to a group by my partner and it was amazing. It was exactly what I needed. And once I got started going to this group and meditating regularly myself, I was able to free myself of a lot of the heaviness and burdens that I didn't even realize I was carrying in day-to-day life. And after doing that, I could sleep better, I could think clearer, work more efficiently, and really focus on my goals and my dreams and what I was trying to accomplish. So once I knew that and I was in tune with myself, it was a no-brainer to keep it and still and what I do. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break here and we'll be right back with Katrina and Michelle with Girls Talk Real Talk because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. Hey, everyone. My name is Snow Jones, and I'm the owner of Savvy Business Group and Savvy Taxes. So, the business tip slash tax tip for today, I'll be talking about how um, your tax or your taxes and your business, your side business, works together. Right? The three things I'll be talking about are deductions, your AGI, and your refund, and how your side business can affect all three. So, the first thing is just starting off with an example. If you made $100,000 and you had $30,000 in your business deductions, it's automatically going to affect your AGI if you take those deductions because it's going to make it look like you went from $100,000 I mean $100, to $70,000. So the first thing is um, using side business deductions, which is a great thing to do, it also um, can significantly lower your AGI. And that will affect you if you're looking to make a big purchase like a home or a car or applying for a loan. Okay, so that's tip number one. And then the other thing is how it's going to deduction, the deductions itself and how it works. And so just as giving you that example, what I started with, if you make $100,000 in your um, business or in your, on your W-2, because it doesn't matter, you could be a nine to five employee and still have a side business as well. So when your income is combined, the deductions work in a way where it lowers the amount of what you actually made. And that could be a good or bad thing. Like I said, it just depends on what you plan on doing with your uh, tax refund or tax return. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about is your actual tax refund and how it can offset things for you in a good or bad way. So. When you actually add on your side business deductions to the income and number one, it lowers your AGI, which could be a good or bad thing. Um, And then it also can boost your refund. However, I'm gonna give you the whole perspective. It can also keep you from owing taxes. So what happens is, and I'll be done in a minute, if for some reason at the end of your tax return, Um, Your preparer says, hey, you owe $5,000, but you actually have a side business. You can add in those deductions, and it could potentially um, 
maybe zero you out where you don't owe, or it could potentially get you a refund. So hopefully that was a good tax tip for you. If you do have a side business or if you're interested in starting a business to be able to maximize your refund next year, definitely let us know. Again, my name is Chanel Jones, owner and CEO of Savvy Taxes. You can definitely reach me at 630-201-7441. Or you can catch me on Facebook or any other social media. Just look up Savvy Taxes 1. Thank you. This is your girl, Michelle, back from our commercial with Savvy Taxes. Thanks, Chanel, for those tax tips. So how did you really get to a place to where you knew who you were and you knew what you wanted? <laughs> it took a long while to get there. A long while, like literally. Probably I just found out who I was eight months ago, really. Okay. If I want to be real honest, maybe about eight months ago. It took going through and hearing through the wall that we built, those spaces that we built. Mm -hmm. I was so used to being Katrina by her initials or Katrina by the, the wife or the Katrina by the mom or, you know, you have so many faces that we wear right? that it took stripping all of that away to really get to the core of who I was. So I had to not only meditate, but I had to fast. And I had to really fast on the things that God put in my spirit to release myself from. So I sat down December and made a list of things that he wanted me to let go of for 30 days. And I was like, Lord, you sure you want me to do this? <laughs> That was the best 30 days I could fast because I had the most clarity. I journaled through that time. I meditated every day during that time. I had a true relationship not only with God, but with myself during that time. How important is it that you have found having a true relationship with yourself? Not who people tell you you are, but who God has shown you who you are. It is essential to being a person because if you don't know who you are and you fall for and you will be anybody's anything. Because we all too often have fallen into that trap of trying to be something to somebody that you're not. And that's where knowing who you are will stop you from doing that. You won't self-sacrifice yourself when you know who you are. Now, you brought up a, a, a term that I use quite often, self-sacrifice. When you say that, what exactly are you meaning? To me, it is burning myself at the stake to uplift somebody else, but for all the wrong reasons. Okay. So we can love people to death. We can love them literally to death, to the death of ourselves. But that's not essentially what love is. Love is a sacrifice, but not killing yourself to the core. You are to give yourself freely and accept it from that other person as well. But you have to first know that you won't get rid of the little you inside and you would love that person first above anybody else because that's the person that God really wants. So what happened in December that caused you to take that journey? <laughs> um, I left my position that I was in for six and a half years, my career, basically. I'd already had the plan to, to leave. Um, Remember, me and God had already had to talk about it. So 
March last year, my father passed away. Okay. And while I was handling all the things for his death, that's when I realized um, he was an entrepreneur. And he and I had had a discussion the month prior talking about business and all the things that I wanted to do. And it felt like that was my last piece of confirmation to know that it was time for me to move forward fully and to this business. So after that, I came back to the office. I put on my calendar what date I was done. And I looked at that date every day until December came. I put in my notice. And the day I put in my notice, the company that I worked for for six and a half years said, you can leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> not another, not another blink of an eye. Like wow. I had never done anything there. Um, keep your mirror right out the door. And that hurt because I tried to do things the right way, mm-hmm. but still was done in that manner. But it took going through that along with the transition of knowing, okay, I'm about to enter into this next phase of life. Also letting a lot of things go, releasing a lot of things that from the past that I shouldn't have had in the first place, being very, very honest with the people that I love about where I was, that I was like, oh, great. To get back centered. And once I did that, I was able to really move forward in my strength really have my strength that I thought I had before, but I really didn't because I still had so many things clouding my judgments and right. clouding my thoughts and still trying to be things to people that I didn't need to be. Release all of that and be able to start literally a new decade, a new life, brand new in 2020. So you had said that you turned in your notice and they said, okay, bye-bye, see you later. Hit the door, Jack. So, oh, <laughs> do you do you think that that was God ordained? Do you think somewhere in the back of your mind you was trying to leave the door open in case you needed to come back? Certainly, one hundred percent. He was not gonna let me. He wanted me to see that this is not where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, one hundred percent, I knew that was it because he lined everything up after that. He was like, "If you were worried about this money." Don't worry about it. I got you. If you were worried about, you know, making sure this stuff was together, don't worry about it. I got you. And it was never a time. At first, I was a little panicked. But then after I really got calm and thought about it, I was like, that was all God. Just like, it's, it was your time. It was your time to go. I have done nothing but elevate since then. Mm-hmm. And so who am I to question? Yeah, but sometimes, let's be real honest, sometimes yeah, we have those moments, <laughs> and I'll tell anybody at any time, that me and God have the kind of relationship that I'm like, okay, really? Is, is this what we're doing? You, you're really going to do this right now? And it, it is the realness of, of recognizing that I don't always have everything together. There are some times when I have to say, okay, I surrender. I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to direct me. Show me what it is I need to be doing so that I can do this the way you want it done and not the way Michelle wants it done. Yeah, I start over every day. <laughs> every day is a start over. Like literally, I this being in being a full-time entrepreneur has really tried all of my 
analytical skills that mm-hmm. I'm so used to having things neat and organized, putting it all together before mm-hmm. I move forward, and then this will do this. But I can't operate like that, <laughs> and it and it gives me anxiety at times. I'm like, okay. I don't know what to do. I have no idea what to do. I, don't, I thought all this was going to work. It's not. So I need to know what am I supposed to be doing. But the greatest part about it is I have a great system. So that's the only reason why I'd be like, I need some help. And I oftentimes get in my own way. A lot of times get in my own way. I get a bit stubborn. So I have to make sure that I have that extra push to, to get out of my own stubbornness so I can elevate to the next level. Now, I've heard you talk about your community, the network that you have surrounding you. How much of a difference has that made for you stepping out and leaving corporate America, stepping out and doing this full time? Ten million times over. I couldn't do it if I didn't have the right the right people around me. There is no way I could have done this at all because that was another thing I had to do before we even got to the point of me retiring was to make the determination of who was coming with me and who did I have to leave behind. Say that again, please. <laughs> I had to make a determination as to who was coming with me and who was I was going to have to leave behind. And let me tell you, my circle is real small these days. Real, real small these days because I, I was always a woman that had tons of friends and mm-hmm. But I also figured out I was the center of those friends. I was the leader. And you were constantly given and they I, were constantly taken. Yes. And love, love them all. But I had to leave a lot of that behind because they weren't going anywhere. It was the same conversations. It was the same pace. And I couldn't move to the level I was trying to. It looked foreign. Mm-hmm. Nobody was supporting that. So I had to make sure that I positioned myself in a way, even if it felt real lonely, and there was a lot of times it felt really lonely that I was doing this by myself. Um, but then again, God comes back and he's like, it may feel that way, but you're not by yourself. And it was always a reassurance there. So you have to know, have that discernment, but you also have to lock in, really lock in, to know who those people are that is going to be your tribe. Because your tribe won't let you down. They're going right. to be there. They're going to support you to no good end. They're going to support you. Now, when you first, even though you were still working corporate America, when you first went into this venture, mm-hmm. how supportive was your family base? <laughs> um, they, they didn't um, see the vision. No, like. Poor th- I love them to death, but the poor things have to. I have time I can talk this with my family because one, they don't understand. When I first said I was going to leave my job, most of the questions were, "Why are you going to leave that good paying job? And what you going to do? When are you going to find you a new job?" I still get that question. When are you going to get you a new job? When are you going to get a real job? <laughs> That's what I do. I like, you do all day. Wait a minute, I have a job and I do this. But no, no, it goes right over the head. Yeah. What, yeah. Do, what do you do all day? I think they have this vision that I'm just up in my bed eating donuts, watching TV all day long. But I don't actually get up and go do things. I work just like I would work if I was going to the office. Things get shoot. I could probably keep a longer schedule now. Mm-hmm. I don't, but they don't realize that because I'm not going to clock in somewhere. So one of the biggest lessons that you learned in the midst of starting your business, 
is what? Careful who you talk to. Don't tell everybody your vision. Why not? Because they won't always understand it, and they definitely won't always be for it. And you won't always have that support, and you're going to get disappointed. My, the biggest thing is I had to learn how to be cognitive of whom I was telling things to. Okay. And, I mean, that's in life, but essentially when you're so excited about something, I know we had gone to a real estate course. Um, and the gentleman, he was talking about he was getting it flipping. And when he first went and told the people he's working with, he was so excited. He was telling them all about it. And they were looking at him like, you are so dumb. Like, why are you doing this? Healed his heart. He was like, then I learned it's better to be quiet and let your, you know, your progress speak for itself. Your success yes. speak for itself. Right. So I had to learn that, you know. They don't understand, like you said, and they fear what they don't understand. So be quiet and move in silence. And if I host an event, I have people I'll invite, or sometimes I'll send out a blast invitation. And it's funny because some people will come up to me and be like, oh, girl, I don't know why you sent me that. You know, I don't have business. I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even mention that to you. It just went out automatically. You can ignore it. Because I didn't. I knew you wouldn't come. Then it changes the language of that mm -hmm. conversation to, oh, well, I think I might have a friend that I think wants to come. Okay, well, you guys should come then. Welcome. But if mine has changed to, I really don't understand what you're doing, but, <laughs> and then they want to go into their concept of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, how do you deal with that when people, don't necessarily give you the credit that you so well deserve from stepping out there doing this. And not only because you've created a business and you've created a niche for yourself to be able to help other people realize their dreams and their purpose. How do you, how do you navigate when you run into that, when people refuse to see you in the light that you have always been seen it. What I usually do is when I get that type of question or ridicule, I will be like, so did you happen to see my event that I just hosted? I'm like, oh yeah, I did. I saw that you were doing big things. And so I was like, yeah. You know, but the real thing about it is, do you know what your purpose is? And then they'll be like, well, yeah, I think, I think so, I said, because I can help you find that if you're interested. And I start a dialogue about that. Mm -hmm. So I try to turn it to start a dialogue to let them see the feel what I'm doing rather than try to give them a visualization of it. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel what I'm doing so you can feel a change. What are you passionate about? What has God called you to do? Do you feel like you're doing that? Do you want some help doing that? Then they can resonate on that a little bit more. And they are more accepting yes. of what it is Way that you're doing. Okay. One of the things that I think is very, very important is specifically, um, I deal, the, my calling is to be an edifier. That's my one, one word, um, thanks to my friend, Lexi Jones. Um, but in that, I am a natural teacher. So my purpose in life is to teach. And... Understanding that there are so many things that flow into that, 
than what I originally knew. So in discovering your purpose, what does that look like for you? Definitely my purpose beyond a shadow of a doubt for me, I know is certainly centered around leadership and because, and the crazy thing is, I never thought I was a teacher. I thought I sucked at it. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can teach. I don't think I can train. I think I suck at this. Mm-hmm. But the more that I realized, dude, that's something I've done since I was a kid. I was always the leader that took the active role in a group to make sure everything was organized, to make sure that I articulated what we were trying to explain, to make sure that I taught it to other people. I was always the person that picked up on anything the quickest and could go train somebody else to do it. Okay. Um, and I t- and I was so self-taught that I could teach myself so many things to teach other people. Hence how I got this business. And so putting all those pieces together and to really knew, know what my satisfaction out of that is, is not just to teach it, but to see them take it and do something with it. It's kind of when that light bulb goes yes. on and it's kind of like, you got it. Yes. yes. When they take it and they start that business and they start making an income and a profit, but they feel so passionate about it. The money's coming, but they feel good about what they're doing. That's the real purpose, to see the end result of it, to see that satisfaction of, oh my gosh, I did this. We did this. Mm-hmm. That is my true purpose. So in, in the business that you're doing, how important was it to know what your vision and your mission was? Oh, that's essential. You, you got to do that before you do anything, before you register a name. You need to know why you're doing it, what the vision is, what, what do you see moving forward? What do you want to come out of this? And who do you want to impact while you're doing it? Those are the questions that must be answered before you even put it pen to paper. You've got to answer those. No beyond a shadow of doubt. And then you move forward. Now it'll expand. Of course, it will always expand, but to the core, it will always be that one piece that you knew is what really caused you to move forward on this business. I think for, for a lot of the individuals that I've talked to and the women um, business owners that have come on to, on the show already, one of the common themes that has gone across all of the interviews is that this wasn't even anything that I had even saw coming. I agree. This definitely isn't anything I ever saw coming. Uh, like I said, my vision was to be on the Supreme Court. I was going to be the first African-American woman on the Supreme Court. That was my whole thing. I was going to be Johnny Cochran, the next Johnny Cochran. That was my idol. All of that. I wanted to be a criminal defense attorney, but I wanted to represent NFL players and be a, a, a sports agent. And then when my career changed and I managed a law firm for a criminal defense attorney doing criminal work, and I was the head paralegal on my NFL concussion cases representing professional athletes, and I had to sit back. I remember I was at a red light and all was deemed to me that I was like, I gave you exactly what you want. It was just no difference. And that's when I knew my time was up. It was time for the next phase of life because I had accomplished every goal that I thought I wanted to accomplish was already before me. I was at the boardroom table leading the meetings and the 
um, cases and managing them. I literally was counsel on these cases. And to do all of that and didn't have to go through all the trouble that comes with actually having the law school to finish it off was kind of a blessing. So God gave me everything I wanted. So when he told me it was time to move and it's time to really service in my purpose for this sector of life, comes gifted mind. Okay. So how did how did what you used to do mirror what God has called you to do? How did those two relationships join together to create gifted mind? Um he actually, it, it was funny because when I first started Gifted Minds, it was supposed to be deemed for nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, not religious based nonprofit. I wanted to help church um, grow their marketing and expand fundraising, donations, 501c3, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I got that from serving in my church as everything from the secretary to the business director to the marketing director. Um, expanding in those roles mm-hmm. and teaching myself so much and learning so much that it crafted into gifted minds. Well, then I started getting so many people from the other world, the secular world that wanted help starting businesses that it just expanded from there. So last year I was like, okay, I got to sit down and reformulate what I was doing with gifted. Because I had all this nonprofit stuff, but I wasn't geared towards utilizing that. And I wasn't utilizing my background or my education. So I sat down with my business plan for the second time and I went through and marked off what I didn't want to do and added in all the things from my resume, from my background that I could do and I wanted to do now to expand Gifted Minds into what it is at the moment. And that's where I changed my title to business consultant and startup strategist because that's really what I'm doing now. I'm really helping people from the formation phase all the way to the Have you been looking for a podcast that you can listen to weekly? Have you been looking for a podcast that both informs, enlightens, and educates its audience? Well, look no further. Listen in to the Girls Talk Real Talk podcast on Thursdays at 6 p.m. on all authorized podcast platforms, as well as our Girls Talk YouTube channel. So what is the purpose of the Girls Talk Real Talk podcast? The Girls Talk Real Talk podcast is a platform in which we use to have those necessary and informed conversations that have the ability to positively affect its listening audience's decision-making processes. It's also a space where voices are heard and people are encouraged. So listen in weekly to the Girls Talk Real Talk podcast on Thursdays at 6 o'clock p.m. with your host, Michelle P. Jones. We look forward to getting to know you and for you to get to know us. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Girls Talk YouTube channel. Again, that's Girls with a Z Talk YouTube channel with our logo, a women's stiletto with the heel in the shape of a microphone. Hope to see you as a subscriber on our YouTube channel real soon. How do you reinflate their ego? (laughs) 
get them back on track right. and get them going in the right direction. Well, the very first thing I do is a assessment of their, where we are right now. We do a one-hour assessment. I really look at their business plan if they have and we talk about uh, the divisions of exactly what they're trying to do. If they've already registered, if they haven't registered, or if they've wasted money, because I've run into the same thing. I think this gentleman paid like $1,500. Oh, and I was like, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> but so we talk about how to take your time and do your research. A lot of people want to just jump in and skip the research phase. They just want to go buy this and pay for this and do this and do this and do this. No, no. No, stop. You got to stop. You have to sit down and do your research. You got to know who your target market is. Know how much your licenses cost. Know how much the registrations cost. Even if you don't want to do it personally or don't feel comfortable doing it, at least you know how much it costs. Right. So you know what you're spending money exactly. on. And if you hire someone, get a breakdown of what you're paying for before you pay for it. My clients see a contract they sign prior to even putting any retainers out. We have a contract. It lets you know exactly the scope of work that I'm conducting for you, the number of hours that are going to be put into this, and the deadline I'll have it done by. I break it all down. If you, whomever you're working with doesn't break it down and there is no contract, you don't need to move forward. You need to make sure that you have that type of agreement in place. Okay. And then once you move forward from there, then you have a clear game plan. And you can't be conned into something because you have a little bit of knowledge. And what you don't know, you ask. There are thousands of people online that you can ask. Put it on your Facebook page. Say, hey, anybody know anybody? Exactly. <laughs> How many people go reply? Exactly. Somebody knows somebody. So just use the pieces that you have in front of you, the free pieces. Start off free first. Know what's out there. And then move to the page. Because a lot of people, when they get first get started, they don't know what to do. And I always tell them, start with research. It's as easy as, easy as that to start with the research. You have a single mom that comes to you and she says, well, right now, all I'm getting is unemployment. I'm getting food stamps. This is what I want to do, but I don't know where else to do. I've looked at this. I've looked at, at all of the background that I could find. This is what I have. And I'm, I'm terrified because I don't have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. What do you say to her? That's when I say, and I love this, what's your side hustle? <laughs> we all have a hustle. And a lot of people don't realize how profitable those hustles can be. Right. Um, I know people that are like, she may be able to braid some hair. So we want to braid some hair in the neighborhood. You got a couple of kids? Maybe you want to do some babysitting. Like, think about where can I make some money during this time? Like, we are in this pandemic. There's so many places that restaurants now that have to close or they can only do to go. Start you on delivery service. You got to think about these things. What can you do that is within your reach, right? Is within your budget and may not cost you anything to start it. Think about your skills. Think about what it is that your gifts that you can offer, but be compensated for it. Don't do it free. Be compensated for it. Even if it's $20, be compensated for it because that adds up. You do a couple of heads, you make 150 bucks. That's your registration. Now you have a business. Now the sky's the limit. You can go from there because you have an LLC that you want to register. 
tax time comes up, you have a business to put on your income. Right. That gives you extra credits. So think about those things of what type of business is it? What industry can I go into? But it really sews into what are my gifts? What do I like to do? And I and I'm pretty good at. And then go from there. So if you had a if you had a chance to kind of look back over your life and say, I didn't see it coming, but everything lines up. What would that look like for you? Oh, it would definitely be when I started uh, Gifted Mind for my kitchen table. Talking to my friend, he had just stepped out on his own to uh, start his own therapy um, mm-hmm. practice. And I was so proud of because I've been telling him to do it for a year. And when that bell went off sitting at that kitchen table, at that time I was separated. And I had kids and I had chaos going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Lord, you tell me to start a business now? Like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to start a business. I have no business background. I'm taking a business class a day of my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, so what am I doing with this? But all I heard is trust me and I got you. And from that moment all the way till now, I look back on all the pieces, all the research and time that I took. Because it took me two years to run a business plan. It took me forever because I would take piece by piece by piece. And during this time, I'm still building my career. Still a mom. I'm still doing everything else. There's other chaos going on. But it all lined up to prepare me for to where I am, to get my strength and my courage to even be able to do it in the first place, and to be able to take that step out on faith because I know if I could go through all that to get here, nothing's impossible. That's right. That's right. So I'm I'm gonna switch gears here a little bit. Um, working in corporate America, where I work at now in <laughs> corporate America, the challenges sometimes that you face in the boardroom when you're conducting meetings and facilitating workshops. Um, what did that look like for you? Um, well, I was the only black legal staff uh, at the firm that I was at. Um, but yeah, there was no other legal support staff but me. And I did a lot. I was utilized. Now, mind you, I had the highest education in that in that office at that time, I had my master's, mm-hmm. um, but I was also deemed the person that had to be the receptionist at the front desk. Nobody else wanted to do that, but I did it for years. <laughs> I was also deemed the person that um, was the helper. So whenever somebody needed help with any software or program, because I pick up on everything, I was the person that it went to. Or when we got new software, I had to train the entire staff on it because I was the most competent person that could. And then, so you go through all of that and build up your career and you get to the place where you're like, I'm good. You know, this is, this is great. But it takes sometimes a friend to tell you, so are you happy working at Freedom People? Is that what you really want to do? Do you really want to work there? You you want to get up while they out on vacation and make sure that you're sitting in your seat, make sure you're making their money, and make sure they can tell you what to do. You want to do that every day, then. If that doesn't give you enough fire to say, all right, I'm about to leave, <laughs> leave this job. 
<laughs> I'm ready to go work for myself. I'm already confident enough to do it. I don't know what will, but that was what I needed. I needed that kick in the seat to get out of my comfort zone because mm-hmm. I was getting comfortable. I was like sedatical because I'm getting a paycheck, you know, living pretty good. I'm living pretty good. And I'm like, no, no, I'm worth more than this. Worth way more than this. And it's time to claim my worth. I was already to that place of where I was stronger and who I was and okay. confident. I knew what, that I was leaving. I knew I was leaving. I knew I was about to do this and go on this journey. I had no f- real strong fears about it because, of course, I'm scared. But it wasn't that place where I was hesitant. I knew this is what I wanted. So nothing was going to stop me from doing this because I knew once I told God, yes, it was going to happen. As we prepare to close the show, listen in to the last words that Katrina wants to share with our listening audience. You have to be able to be led and be taught in order to make it in this type of business. You need a coach. You need a coach. Whether it's an accountability partner, well, you need that too. But you need to have somebody that can teach you, guide you, and never call on in the midnight hour or call first thing in the morning when things are going in chaos and you have an event that you've got to have that stability, that strong person to be able to help you because you cannot do this by yourself. You cannot do this by yourself. Whether it's a group of people, whether it's one person, or whether it's 10, you need somebody to rely on. Let's talk legacy. So what is your legacy plan? I definitely want to leave a legacy behind as an empire. I want to build gifted minds into so many different avenues and umbrellas that my children can come up under and take over. I want to do everything from real estate investing to writing. There's multiple books to be birthed out of me um, to continue to help people build businesses to publishing. There's so many media outlets and marketing that I want to put under this umbrella of gifted minds to where it goes down in history of this chick did her thing and took this one little piece and expanded it to touch so many lives to help all these people do all of these businesses to come and be able to say she went through all of these things but she was still able to make it and do this too that if i'm going through this then she can definitely i can make this i want to be that inspiration to other people to let them know that nothing ever will stop you you will stop you right so you got to make sure I want to leave a legacy to know that I didn't let me stop. Very good. Very good. So if you had one thing that you needed to say, you said your daughter is 12, right? Yes. If there was one thing that you needed to say to your 12-year-old daughter in regards to life, business, and spirituality, what would that be? Know who you are and never let anybody change Know who you are and never let anybody tell you anything different. Don't let nobody change your mind about it. Stay focused on who you are. And as long as that lines up with what you and God talk about, you'll, you can take over the world. Thank you for listening in on another episode of Girls Talk Real Talk. Be sure to follow us on all of the approved podcast platforms and to like our Girls Talk YouTube channel.
This is Michelle signing off and wishing each of you a prosperous and joyous life. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again. Bye-bye.